Welcome everybody to the very first episode of Fried Squirms. I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. And we we're here to talk about horror movies with yeah, you. Yeah. Um, like I said, we're going to delve a little bit into our our fascination with the the horror genre. Um, it's a great way to connect uh, ourselves and uh, people alike who enjoy this genre. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. No, this is going to be a good time. Uh, we're probably not going to bore you with this shit like every episode, but seeing as this is number one, we should, I don't know, do you think we should let them know a little bit about yeah, us? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll start it off, I don't mind. All right. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm Danny. Uh, I'm in my 30s, uh, so I've been uh, been exposed to horror films for quite a while. I guess you could say it started in the 80s, um, so my favorites from that era, definitely uh, Evil Dead. That's always got to be a classic for me. Oh, one of, yeah, one definitely. of my favorites. Um, like I said, I grew up watching Phantasm, too. I know you and I have mentioned that. That's always going to be one of my favorites. Oh, we're going to get to it on here, though. Oh, yeah. We, we've Absolutely. already talked about this. Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, we'll, we'll definitely delve into to our favorites. But uh, like a, definitely a product of the 80s. Horror movies, rentals, uh, straight to, to VHS. Perfect time to be alive during that time period if you, if you had a fascination for horror movies. Yeah, so I credit that a lot to my uncles, and uh, nice. yeah, so it's fun. Nice, yeah, um, and yeah, I, like I said, I'm Tyler. We're here in Missoula right now, so I mean, I, I'm Montana though, uh, yeah. boy through and through, uh, and I'm just under thirty myself, and uh, yeah, my, my horror goes back a long time with me too. I guess uh, I first got to it because I, I read a lot of fantasy okay and i mean that there's crossover right like fucking Absolutely. fantasy will still use like vampires and other shit like yeah, that it certainly has those elements right so like i'd get interested in that and then like fucking you, like the episode of the simpsons where they go to the the occult section of the Absolutely, library yeah yeah, yeah. like uh, I, I had my own seat there like absolutely that's where i'd always be hanging out at and at time eventually it was like oh shit well it's, you know, you go through some of these books and shit, and they'll they'll mention like this shit as portrayed in movies. Yeah, and I'm absolutely. Like, so cool. I'll go. I'll go check out the movie then because I'm yeah, already interested give you in a, it. Uh, a visual representation. Right. Right. So I mean, I actually I started off really loving the Universal monsters. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's something uh, I talked with my father about, and he mentions those too. You know, that's something that. Yeah, he as a child, he had fascinations with the the Universal classics, um, you know. So it's no wonder, I, you know, that I got into those as well as my uncles and, right, for the most part, everybody in my family. <laughs> and then also, as you mentioned, rentals. Uh, yep. My mom at one point worked oh, at a, at a convenience store in town that had video rentals there. Yes, yeah, so one of access. the one of the perks of the job was once a movie. Because they numbered the movies when they came in. Absolutely. Keep track of them. Once in a movie was so many numbers old, they got to rent them for free. Nice. Absolutely, man. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Right, so I'd be walking home from school, and it would just be like, stop in. Like, hey, Mom, what number are we up to? Yeah. And go check out all the rentals and be like, cool, I can get any of these ones tonight. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of them ended up being horror movies after after that initial initial fascination with them from the Universal monsters. Yeah, absolutely. Just sort of went from there. And um, what what were some of your first uh, movies foray into into the horror genre? Creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay. Uh, uh, Carpenter's Swamp thing is okay, kind of yeah, horror. Yeah, that's a good one. Because uh, I I watched that really early on with Dad. Okay. Um, 
Child's Play, actually, Absolutely. at some point when I was really young, because I remember it just giving me just the worst nightmares. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, especially being a, a child's toy oh, turned yeah. into a you know, psychotic killer. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, and the, the other bad part for me was, like, it scared me enough that I didn't really actually watch most of the movie. Oh, wow, yeah. Like, I was, like, hiding behind the sofa or whatever. Gotcha. But I just, the, the name Chucky... I had already associated with Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So the nightmares ended up being fucking Chuck E. Cheese slaughtering a bunch of people. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so that plays into a whole different dynamic with the uh, the word association, Chuck E. Right, yeah. yeah oh, wow. it fucked with me for a long time. Well, yeah, that kinda, that, that'll, uh, that'll definitely corrupt your, your childhood right off the bat. But, I don't know, I just kept loving the shit, though, and yeah, just likewise. kept going back to it. Uh, yeah. uh, and I'm really looking forward to this too because I feel like I've fallen off a bit. And... Yeah, you know, I think I think for me as well, um, I'll get to a point where I come uber fascinated with with the films that are coming out, and then there will be a, like a lull. So you know, you'll go back to to watching, you know, what we're familiar with. You know, do a little little underground finding and. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I always look forward to to the point where you have that back catalog you can always catch back up to because there's always going to be films piling up uh i think it's all right good. and i mean so many of them are so readily available these oh, days that yeah. it's not hard to marathon them all on a weekend oh well, yeah that's that's the joys of binge watching these days as well you know it's uh it's a popular trend among right. other things so yeah why not right i guess today we'll start with the fact we're gonna we're gonna dive into reanimator yeah uh one of my favorites growing up it's still uh one of the films that i will uh partake into on halloween as a, as a traditional viewing, I feel like it, it deserves that merit. Right, so uh, I think we're going to try to break this into segments. We're going to be all fancy. I'm going to produce some bits for us and stuff. Yeah. So we'll start off with the uh, the guts and bolts of this flick. Be a little bit of technical information, some non spoilery type stuff. I like it. I like and it. Uh, then we'll get into some deeper shit later. Yeah, why not? Guts and bolts. All right, so Reanimator released October 18th, 1985. The budget of $900,000. Box office of $2 million. Yeah. Raked in just a little bit over. Definitely uh, exceeded expectations, I would say, for a horror film. Right. Um, and it is an adaptation of an H.P. Lovecraft short story. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's one that we've talked about before. It's um, based off... Uh, one written in 1920s, we had discussed. Right, yeah, yeah, 1921, uh, no, 22. 22, yeah. 22. So. 21 and 22, published in 22. Yeah, so uh, that's, uh, I guess you said right before uh, the public domain for uh, for his works. Right, yeah, that's in a little bit of dispute, I guess. I yeah. don't know. I, I don't know all the technicalities well, of yeah, it. But there's always, uh, I guess around those time periods, you get into some fishy language going on with, with contracts. So Right, but... Uh, I think just about everything pre-1923 for Lovecraft is public domain. Yeah. Although some certain phrases and stuff seem like they might not be that other companies have gotten their hands on since. Well, you know, that that uh, bodes well for people who are looking for some kind of work to work with because that's a, that's a perfect place to start if nothing else, you know? Right, and you all might as well just get acquainted with the name Lovecraft because absolutely, uh, he was very influential in the horror genre, and he is going to have influenced a number of works we're going to end up covering. Yeah, and I, I think the the more that you delve into uh, to people's fascinations, like within the horror movie realm, there's always the tie back to the uh, originators, and he's definitely a hard hitter. 
for uh, for being a creator of that realm. Right. And uh, so also going on with just some of the technical aspects of the movie, it was directed by Stuart Gordon. Uh, he's also, uh, let's see. No, uh, he's, he's done a lot of different films. Uh, one that, that comes to mind, and it's, it's typ- typically for me, is, is the box art uh, for Castle Freak. Oh, uh, right. Castle yeah, Freak. That's one that, that always, uh, outside of Reanimator, that's one that's like, oh, that's one I can recognize as a Stuart Gordon film, just from the box art alone. Uh, so, yeah, that's another good addition to the Stuart Gordon collection. Right. And uh, he's he's done a few other Lovecraft adaptations. Uh, he directed uh, From Beyond. Yeah, another good film. Um, and he's, I know he, I believe he worked on Necronomicon, which was, loosely based on lovecraft as well yeah um i know that the producer worked on it uh for sure yeah speaking of uh producer uh brian usna you know he worked uh heavily on this film he he helped make sure it got turned into a film adaptation as to its original um uh adaptation for screen uh in terms of a a series a mini series of sorts and uh was originally created to be on uh stage which was Stuart gordon's uh that was his foray into uh into the entertainment industry. So, yeah. Another interesting little thing about Yuzna, he was actually the first American director to adapt a manga. Oh, wow. For live action on the American, at least on the American side. Yeah. And it was The Giver, which oh. I remember watching when I was young. <laughs> yeah. It was the shit. Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah, who, who would have figured that one? But, yeah, that's, that's a fascinating bit of trivia there. Um, and they actually worked together uh, quite a bit. Uh, in alternating roles, uh, there was times where Gordon would be the one producing the movie with Yuzna directing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and like uh, uh, the dentist. Yeah, that's a great film. Um, like I said, that's one I haven't seen in, in quite a while. But uh, yeah, like I said, uh, getting more into technical. Um, like I said, I guess we can delve into the cast a little bit if you like to do that. Oh yeah, well uh, there was one other thing. Yeah, yeah, that absolutely. Is with all these other things we've been naming off, Castle Freak. Yeah. They also, I know Gordon did Black Cat for the Master yeah, Horror absolutely. series. Gordon actually directed a movie that I love, Space Truckers. I don't know if you ever saw that. I, I don't believe I have. To be honest, uh, it was where I was first introduced to Charles Dance. Okay. Uh, who's the the old man Lannister. God, I can't think of his name Ooh. right now. Tywin Lannister yes, on Game That's of it. Thrones. Yep. And he's actually a cyborg, and there's a scene where he has to pull start his dick. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, and he's also the bad guy of the flick. It is pretty amazing. Yeah. But they also work together and wrote the screenplay for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I know. What a, what a, <laughs> what a turn of events going from... Uh, like I said, you go from writing directing, producing uh, the horror genre. Into, into Fucked John's up movies movie. like this. Yeah, yeah, into uh, a Rick Moranis film, which, I, you know, growing up, I love that movie. I love that movie. Yeah. I went on the I went on the ride, The Honey I Shrunk the Audience at Disneyland. Wow. Like, that was dope. Yeah, that was no, pretty that's, cool. That's a lot of fun. Uh, no, that movie, I mean, it, it's always been there since I was little. And... Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think for me, too, it's, um, it's one that I always tie Rick Moranis to. It's like one that's... It always sticks with me. Right, that's that's almost Moranis at his best, besides Spaceballs. Oh, absolutely. Right. Which is, you know, it's a great Mel, uh, Mel Brooks film, but we'll get back to that later. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Man. Yeah, but yeah, these these guys, oh, God, because there's some shit in this. Like, they, they do some shit in this, and it's pretty fucked up. Oh, yeah. But we'll get to that. Oh, yeah. Anyway, they, they did Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Fun times. Oh, absolutely. All right, so, starring cast, we got... Jeffrey Combs, Herbert West. Yes, uh, phenomenal, um, not only character 
but he he nailed that. that He's part. fantastic in yeah. this entire thing. Um, I, I honestly, I, when I when I think of Herbert West, Jeffrey Combs in that role nails it. I can't think of anybody else uh, being put in that part during that time period that would just you know ice cold it like he does. Right. We we just got done watching this not too long ago. Yep. And he should have been bigger. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, like I said, you think of, uh, of of roles that are given out, like especially in this this genre, and um, just people who who you know, like also started off in that genre and gone on to stardom. Um, but yeah, this guy definitely put in his work and his dues. Right, but, but that's not to say he didn't have a career. Oh no, he did, he did do not. some great stuff. Yeah, uh, remember the the House on Haunted Hill remake? Absolutely. He was the fucked up professor that did everything in the past yep. that made the place haunted. Exactly. He was in I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. He was Edgar Allan Poe in The yes. Black Cat that Stuart yeah. Gordon did. You know, uh, like I said, and, and the list goes on and on. And so he, he had this role, and he continued this role beyond. And he, he seemed to have th- uh, that particular part, that, that character down to a T. Right, fucked yeah. up scientist. Yeah, exactly. Because well, here's the other thing. New Batman Adventures, right. New Scarecrow. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, you know, which is, which is funny, because while we were watching that as well, I was thinking uh, his character with his his very cynical side, it's like he would have portrayed a perfect Joker. Uh, right. Or Riddler, for or this Riddler, matter. Yeah. yeah, no, I was thinking oh, more Riddler. Oh, he'd be a fantastic Riddler. Yeah, just, uh, just the way he his prose is, uh, and he's got a perfect timing for his dark humor. Uh, I, th- I thought that was perfect. Yeah, I, I honestly think we'd be having a lot easier time doing this show overall if he wouldn't have been so good yeah absolutely yeah because for for certain time period films when you go back and watch them uh you know i guess from more of a a, an adult perspective you expect to find that kind of shtick uh stuff that goes on during that that time period but no um spotless right no it was hard to yeah it was hard to really pick at this no it's it's hard to critique his performance because you know i for me, it's yeah, it's it's iconic for for that time period. Uh, so then, as I guess the sidekick. Oh uh, yeah, uh, his Wait. sidekick um, in the film. Uh, the character is as uh, Dan Kane, played by Bruce Abbott, which we had remarked he's a handsome man who also had a career, but uh, we felt like should have had more of a um, possibly a leading role in certain films. You know, for that right. And well, I mean, he did things, but yeah. to me, most notable thing he did. Linda Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. Dude's first wife was Linda Hamilton. Yeah, which which is uh, which is what I like is is uh, connecting the dots, um, especially within uh, entertainment, because uh, then you start to to really see how you can play almost like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon with actors and actresses. But uh, yeah, there's a interesting side note to to Linda Hamilton and uh, Terminator coming up here in just a second with uh, some of the cast. But he was he did also appear in Last Starfighter. Great film and prophecy too. Um, let's see. Uh, next one would I would I would say would be uh, the love interest, definitely. Right, uh, the female uh, lead. Yeah, female lead, which great lead. Um, we talked about her as well, but uh, yeah, uh, this is Barbara Crampton. Yeah, she plays uh, Megan uh, Hansley in the film, which is the dean's daughter. So there's uh, there's a bit of mischievous deeds going on with that, and uh, she's done some soap work. Yeah, and uh, I think there's a couple scenes where it shows. Definitely, uh, you know, more of the uh, the emotional scenes, the uh, the quote unquote love scenes. You definitely see where they where they get their start from. But right, yeah, it's, it, you she know. did she did some time on Days of Our Lives yeah. and on Young and the Restless. Where there you go, it's not a bad start. Um, you know, and it definitely it plays. Uh, plays dividends in her parts and and the movie she she nails her parts 
Right. And and she's been a minor scream queen. I mean, she did her time doing different horror movies, yeah, a lot of which, like, I mean, the ones you'd have to really delve into that, yeah. I don't know if it's worth it or not. Some, I mean, it's almost always worth it. Well, if the not, one that we had mentioned, or that you had mentioned earlier, was, uh, I guess, more of a recent film she did was uh, Lords of Salem. Right. Right, yeah. and I don't actually remember who she was in it. I no, just know I, that she's in it. I, I've seen it uh, twice. The first time was more of kind of a, a kind of a passive view. I had like a lot of background distraction going on, so I didn't watch it to, you know, to its its deserved attention. The mm-hmm. Second time I did, uh, but not, not paying attention to uh, to the characters, you know, behind the character. It was more about the film itself. I just wanted to see right. what it was about you know but now now that i know she's in it oh yeah i'm now gonna you know what you're looking for yep, yeah yep. you can't it's help gonna it. be awesome um yeah i'm gonna so, be really happy about that <laughs> yeah and like i said um a great actress yeah you know i think she she nailed that that part uh which we got some funny details coming up about her uh she plays she she shows up in uh, inopportune times a lot in the film right and then uh i guess i guess the closest thing we have to a bad guy yeah is going to be David Gale as Dr. Carl Hill. Yeah, and uh, uh, like I said, he he played a uh, perfect part. Uh, I would say he would be the the antithesis of uh, Herbert West, even though they share that same power struggle uh, of you know defeating death or what comes beyond it. So, right. Yeah, a little bit of interesting trivia about this gentleman too. Uh, the first one I'll I'll, uh, I'll include is the fact that they had to shave his head for the film. And he wore a toupee, so the entire film he was wearing a toupee. Oh wow! Neatly done. Uh, that I wouldn't have guessed. You know, I, I honestly, up to this viewing of ours uh, for for this uh, for this podcast, uh, did not know that. I was just thinking, you know, handsome man uh, got the perfect square jaw. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, kind of banana. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, but, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but he looks yeah. villainish too. Yeah, like I said, he definitely encompasses. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he is uh, uh, from the United Kingdom. If I'm not mistaken, um, I'll, I'll definitely have to fact check that. But yeah, he plays a perfect part. Uh, like so, that was the first one. Second one uh, leads into I don't want to give too many spoiler alerts away, but shortly after the film, his wife filed uh, for a divorce, and it involves a particular scene that uh, the cast has speculations about that led to the divorce. Right, and he's also the only member of the cast, sadly not on the commentary. Yeah. Because which, he did die during open-heart surgery <laughs> in 1991. Yeah, which, you know, it makes you think if there was any karma involved with that. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, but, you know, it would have been an interesting um, uh, revelation to see if he would have had the complete details surrounding uh, that divorce. Because, you know, outside of just speculation, I don't know what happened. It would right. be interesting to see if... If that had any credence, right? Uh, yeah. So with that, let's uh, let's get into it. We're gonna we're gonna find out how did that make us squeal. How does that make you squeal? All right, Danny. So you've already said this is usually part of your Halloween routine. Absolutely. Well, what keeps what's kept you coming back to this? Because I like this movie for probably a lot more superficial reasons. Yeah, okay. You have a lot more history with this. Yeah, movie. Uh, for me, it's it's one of the first films um, growing up. Uh, like I said, a product of the eighties. Um, uh, grew up with my uncle, and uh, honestly, my dad and two of my uncles specifically were really big into horror films. So growing up, um, what we like to do, and I think it might have been a part of that New England. 
culture is picking and teasing on each other. So what better way uh, than to show somebody a horror film and, and see what their gut reaction is. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so that's, this is one that I come back to because it's nostalgic. It's one that I think about growing up to. And one of the first ones that, that had that creep factor, like uh, is dealing with, with the, the unknown and the undead. So for me, that's, that's one that's been always intriguing. Okay, gotcha. See, for me, <clears throat> I first discovered this mostly uh, because I'm an H.P. Lovecraft fan. Okay. Which, strangely, didn't actually come for my, from my love of horror, but because I'm a Metallica fan okay, and learned yeah. that a few of their songs were inspired by H.P. Lovecraft. It's big enough of a nerd that I decided I wanted to read some. Absolutely. And then eventually, you know, made my way to adaptations, this yeah. being one of them, and actually being, I mean... They updated it to be contemporary, 1985, yeah. but it's a rather faithful adaptation. I've read I the agree. story a number of times. Yeah, it's, you know, um, I would I would like to have seen uh, those those 13 episodes they did for uh, for the series. It would have been interesting right. to see how they tied it because I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, that that was the intentional goal was to recreate. Uh, that time period, but it would have been very costly for production value. Right. Yeah. So I think that's part of the the, the lower was to period clothes yep. and stuff. Exactly. Make uh, it more modern. Yeah. I mean, one of the big changes from the short story is, I mean, this movie seems like it takes place maybe in the course of a week. Like yeah. Maybe, maybe a little bit longer. I guess at one point it, it kind of indicates maybe some time has passed. I would. I would. Uh, I would say maybe a week. Yeah, I'd say a week, no more than two. And if it is, I, I'd, I'd find it hard to believe that it, it incurred occurred outside of a month's time period. I'd say ten days tops. Right. Yeah. Shit goes down. Yeah. It, it goes, goes down, down really quickly. <laughs> it spirals way out of control. But the the short story, even though like I, I mean, obviously. It all depends on the size of pages and font they're yeah, using, but in the copy I have in the other room, it's only 26 pages long. Yeah, so it's something that you could sit down and enjoy. Right, with a, you know, but even within those 26 pages, that short story takes place over 16 years. Yeah, so it, it does encompass a lot of information that happens during that span. Right. Absolutely. I, I could see like where that trying to adapt it as a period piece would be costly, because then you're yeah. having to do a bunch of things, including... There's there's a point in the short story where they're actually war surgeons during World War One. Yeah, exactly, and uh, that gave them higher access to the corpses, which right. you know, like I said, it leads into different story arcs and whatnot. So yeah, I, w uh, I would think it would probably be better adapted now with anthology series that happened, but All right. I, I can see during that time period it would be hard to pull off. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, uh, as I said, I I love Lovecraft. Absolutely, found it through the that through him. And they do a good job. The The characters are really close. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of chemistry on set, I believe, or at least uh, between the actors. You know, if, I, I, when I feel like they're interacting, I don't feel like there's a staleness about them. Exactly. Um, and they, they just did a really good job of condensing it because it still Absolutely. does feel condensed even from the short story. Yeah, yeah, you can tell they're, they're, they're trying to cram a lot of stuff in. Uh, but the way they do it, I think it's it's just enough without, like I said, being too cliche, like over the top. Right. And now works to mention that there are there are a couple sequels to the movie that yeah, I've never absolutely. seen. Actually, um, I have seen uh, Ride of Reanimator. I've seen. Um, uh, I think there was one not too long ago that, uh, that Jeffrey Combs was in again, another adaptation. But like I said, one of those that it was kind of a, a passive watching. I didn't really pay attention to it that I should mm -hmm. have. Uh, but yeah, like so they they definitely get. Um, 
a little campy for that time period, but they're they're definitely worth the watch. Right, and I know they've talked. Uh, Gordon has talked about what his plans for a fourth one would be. Yeah, and it's a lot more Island of Doctor Moreau-ish, which is actually where the short story ends up going. Okay, at a certain time during World War One, he ends up noticing that reptile embryo tissue takes the reagent better than human tissue does, okay. and so he starts basically grafting animal combinations and human combinations together i can see that and a lot more of them start getting loose wow (laughs) yeah you know that would i always like the the um the like this those what if scenarios like where would you take it now what if what if you had the opportunity and that would be yeah i'd love to see yeah island of dr west yeah could you imagine that um you know there's great possibility still could be adapted uh you know giving reboots of series and whatnot so yeah it could be in it could be in the cards well i guess it's unfair to say that this hasn't gotten any uh new adaptations because 2011 they turned it into a musical which (laughs) uh, i didn't learn that well i guess i i had read that at some point but i just sort of stored it away it wasn't anything i almost thought it was probably more of like an internet joke than anything i can see that yeah definitely because uh like i said i think it's one of these series that People know about it. It's cultish enough that you've probably seen it or know somebody that's seen it, uh, but not to the point where it gets overdone. But now I like. I'm I'm wondering if I can find somewhere to listen to it, like yeah. or something. If some, um, you know, I uh, mean, I don't. I I mean, I've, I've pirated a lot of shit, but uh, yeah, I, I don't necessarily good. condone pirating. I just take advantage of it. Yeah, well, but so I'm really hoping say, somebody. Did we're not afraid point. of the booty, is what we're getting at. Right, right, right. I. The gold just showed up. That's yeah. that's all I know. Exactly. Uh, you know, I will say this: if uh, if that adaptation that's that screen uh, uh, or the, to the stage, if it came around uh, our parts, our neck of the woods, I would definitely take a trip. You know, whether it's in Spokane or if it were in Seattle, to check that out. I think that'd definitely be worth it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I just. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the chances of uh, yeah, reanimator yeah. being mounted in Spokane. Are. I would I would say we're looking at probably like uh, like one hundredths of percents here. Right. <laughs> if, if, if so best. you're saying there's a chance? Yeah. Why not? There's always a chance. But yeah, you know that that's a that's a good point. Uh, that there hasn't been like I said uh, an over uh, overdoneman of this. Like I said, whether it's uh, the sequels or in this case, like I said, the uh, the stage presence so yeah i mean it, it's i like that i like that fact that you can still go back to it and not feel like oh god i want to watch this film again you know? right so yeah if you're if you you've probably are if you're listening to this portion of the show you've probably either watched it or don't care if you're going to watch it yeah and, it starts uh, off bloody oh it, it definitely does it like it gets it gets straight to the bits where it's like okay here we go you know if, you know what you're getting into if you're listening to this and you're on the fence and you don't like blood and gore then i'd this, say yeah. this isn't the goriest movie definitely not but it gets up there. There's there's some shit happening. Oh yeah, I mean you're gonna get you're gonna definitely get your your uh, your station of of blood and gore. Um, like I said, if you're a huge gore hound, I'd say you know it's has its moments, but you know it's, yeah, it's nothing nothing special. Nah. No, it's nothing to write home to mom and dad about. But I think it's a good point or a good starting point for people who might want to get into that genre. Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. Because here's the other thing. When I when I watched this last night, getting ready, taking some notes, you know, doing my fucking homework and shit, because yeah. I'm a good little kid. Yeah, we have to be. <laughs> and we had already talked about this and agreed on it and shit. As I was watching it, I started thinking, man, did I did I choose the wrong fucking movie? Because yeah. this is this is almost too funny to fucking talk on a horror podcast with. Cause, yeah, that's what you mean. But I don't know. I think 
This is a good example. If you want to start getting into it, it's a good mix of a lot of things because there Absolutely. are some really funny horror movies, yeah. some of which we'll hit, that are more straight comedy than this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it has a perfect mix. Like I said, if, if you like dark humor and you get what that sense of the term means, uh, then I think you'll find it you know, to your liking. Right. And it does have some really decently gory bits. Absolutely. Fucking... Uh, Within the first two minutes, a guy's eyes explode. Yeah, um, you know, like we were talking about these special effects, uh, you know, people behind the scenes, and uh, uh, here's an, another cool little bit of trivia: is like the guy who did it, he only what up to this point may have used maybe two gallons of blood on a on a film, which uh, he got up to what 24, 25 gallons. Right. Yeah, twenty four gallons. So, so you know, they put the effort into it. So, like I said, you're gonna you're gonna get your fill of, of some blood, right? Before, but it's, it's done. It's we done got well. Yeah, you get somebody getting decapitated with a shovel. Absolutely. Tastefully. Well, I, mean, I, uh, I mean, we said this is a spoiler section. Fuck yeah, when Hill not? gets it. Yeah, exactly. Hill gets it. Um, he gets it, and in, in, uh, for me, it's I find it an ironic sense because it comes back to, to nip uh, Wes in the bud. So. Right. Uh, we got cats getting thrown against walls. Yeah, cats. Which lots of people got thrown against walls in this. Film. You know, that's a good point. We, did, I, we didn't mention that during our viewing, but that's a great point. Um like I said, uh, Dean Hensley gets slung against the the wall in the morgue. Right. Uh, the the cat. The cat definitely gets it. Um, um, let's see. Uh, I know Kane uh, gets sort of slammed against. Yeah, you know, which uh, we both thought he should have like, died. Wow, that's that's a lot of blood for for a head trauma blow. Yeah, he left behind a splat. He definitely did. He left a, a Deadpool mark <laughs> on, on his wall there. And I, I feel like there was uh, even one more towards the end during the big zombie. Um, one that, that that I'm thinking of, uh, it might not be the one that you're thinking of, but is is Hill actually like his he gets his head slung up against the that's the wall. Right. That's like, what All I was right, thinking. I'm, of. I'm out of here. This is enough. That's right. I was seen enough for one night. I mean, he gets decapitated, but yeah. he plays a big part in the movie. Well, you because know, then yeah. you're watching a decapitated head for us. Yeah, and you know, uh, for as as sticky as a uh, a plot is for like you know. A, Ahead to have um, these lines in an important part of the film, you think, oh, you know, if if you hear that out of context, there's no way I'm buying that film. Uh, yeah, and I'm pretty sure we see his O face as just oh, a decapitated yeah. head at least like three times. Oh yeah, you know, I, th- I think uh, for him, it might not have been his most prestigious, or prestigious um, uh, role ever, but I, I guarantee, you, I think he had a great time doing it because there there are several scenes where yeah, I definitely see that the uh, going on. He gives great head. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, so great, in fact, uh, that it might have led to to his his demise with his wife at the time, which is what we talked about a little bit earlier. So, um, you know, both literally, figuratively speaking, he definitely gave some head in that film. Yeah, his decapitated head, which you saw how the camera is framed. He was oh, just yeah. leaning over a table, and there were some fake hands attached to the side uh, of his head. Oh, no doubt it about it. It was great. But this bloody decapitated head totally molests her. Oh yeah, just like, up and down, um, and is about to just yeah. Like I said, uh, for if if you're, I would say if you're uh, a pre-adolescent, probably give you the heebie-jeebies. Just knowing the fact that you're watching some weird stuff going on with, you know, with with a, a naked female actress there with a with a floating head. It's just you know, right? Fucking fantastic is what yeah, it oh, is. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a creepy moment, but it serves its purpose. But I mean, there's all sorts of shit happening. Fucking like fingers get bitten off. People oh get yeah, slammed. Gnarly. You got you got a two dead cat. Yeah, cat dies twice. Um, and I, the thing that fucks me up the most is that fucking Q-tip 
getting pulled. Oh yeah, out. that is so gnarly, man. Um, yeah, it's like taking a cotton, like I said, a Q-tip, going into the the base of your skull and just cotton All swapping it out. In. Yeah, it's it, yeah, squeamish. Oh, it went way in there. And yeah, then it got pulled out, ugh. and I don't know why that fucks me up so much because like I've watched. I've watched like gore porn. Like. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I think uh, it's that we where it's a common household item that we use a lot. So yeah, you know, yeah. for for me, it's still it's like, oh no, man, don't do that. Yeah, it's it's definitely hits home. But let's pop back to that cat for a second. Yeah, absolutely. So scene where he's gonna he's bringing the cat back to life. Okay. How fucked up? Thing that wakes up Kane. Is just the sound of a cat going off. Yeah, just it, just a loud meow. It could be fucking cats fucking yeah, in the he's, alleyway. He's in a in a dead sleep. You know, he's just enjoying his slumber. Here's the screeching. Exactly, he's like that's the only thing that will come out. And like I said, it could have came from anywhere at that point. Right. His first instinct, he's getting that motherfucking bat. Yeah, he's got a bat. So it, it leads one to consider that. This isn't the first time this has happened. He's uh, got a cat after him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got, got a bad cat after he's him. He's got a bad cat on the prowl. This is no good for Kane. No, no. But, uh, but yeah, he, it, it is funny. Like he said, he, he jumps up, grabs the bat. He's ready He's ready to go to attack the cat. Yeah, so from that point, um, which I, you know, I think a, a recurring thing throughout the film is um, right after that scene, we see him wander down into the basement which we also find, which I think is kind of interesting, is that that the scream got past the basement level because everybody can creep down the basement, so it makes one you know think how soundproof that basement is. You can hear nothing in that basement time and time again throughout yeah. the movie. Fucking Megan creeps up on them. Oh yeah, like well she she's a creeper. Yeah, we found out that that immediately. She Her and Hill deserve to be together. He's a creeper too. Yeah, um, he's a he's a weirder. Creeper. Probably unbeknownst to them both. They had that creep factor going on, and, you know, it, it led them to each other. Right. But she... Okay, so when she finds the dead cat, she had yeah. reason. She was looking for the cat. She Absolutely. Was. Yeah, there is a backstory to it. She she, she still went in West's room. Yeah, yeah. Kane got honor for that. You know, I, I found that it was... Uh, you don't see that very often. He's like, what the hell are you doing in his room? Shit? <laughs> he's like, this is my roommate. I, you know, we just met him. We know he's a creeper, but still, you don't, you don't just bust in this guy's room. Come on. Right. She, when they when they twice dead the cat, yeah, she has no reason to creep up behind them. No, um, spe- you know, uh, especially in the basement. You know, that's not that's not the first place I'm going looking for. And you don't uh, you don't hear partner. anything. You don't yeah. hear her walking on the floor. You don't hear above. the door open. Yeah, none of that. She's Nothing. she's there. Yeah, so it, it makes you think she's done this before. She's she's definitely got the uh, the the skills now, in that department. Hill. Sneaks up on West yep. twice in the twice. basement. Yeah. Gets him twice. What's up with that? But we already know he's a creeper. Well, yeah. at that point, we don't... Do we know how bad of a creeper he is? Is I that say, before? I would say there's there's definitely that that creepy, like, you know, we know he, he's got some ill intent, but not maybe not to the, the to depravity that we see from that point forward. Right, because they do end up finding a file that's Oh, yeah, he's definitely... He has a dossier on... Uh, on Megan in the film, so yeah, right, hair. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely not something. If you know, if you have a, a crush on a, on, a, on any person, um, I find it a little strange to collect hair samplings and. Right. Uh, um, that was there was a newspaper clipping. Yeah. Uh, uh, Megan Halsey wins. Uh, like a sophomore, sophomore yeah. sweetheart. Yeah. Who, who just. What, what paper is printing on. the sophomore sweetheart results over the seniors? Yeah, and, and even if you do save that clipping, um, it's hard to justify that as a grown ass man. 
working in uh, you know a medical facility. Right, but you have so West is down in the basement. Yep. There's no reason for anybody to be creeping. He should be just yeah. on point. Like if a sound happens, he's on it because yeah, he's, you know, we've he, all been there. We it's, don't know if he's making mad beats down there, you know, and or in his you know specific case, he's down there experimenting. What, what right. whatever. But we've all been there. We've been somewhere alone yeah. in the dark, but you're wide awake for whatever reason, yeah, and you absolutely. hear everything. Just yeah, you're hyper focused at that right. point. Right. So he should have heard something, but Hill just creeps up behind. Yep. They have that scene. Oh, yeah. Which, once again, Hill has superpowers, by the way. Yeah, which is, you know, it's interesting because um, that's something that, that we talked about as well, is that there was uh, two versions right. of the film, right? Um, and some of the scenes were either cut or added, depending on which version you got. But yeah, like I said, that, that was kind of a, a story arc that didn't didn't make a whole lot of sense unless you knew about the film leading up to that point, I suppose. Right. Uh or like us, just did our research after. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, so he doesn't intimidate West. He uses fucking mind control yeah. powers. And that's why West is like, here, like, yeah, here's my take shit. a look at my microscope. Yeah. Do this. Play with my toys. Right. But, and we talked about this, West, West must be regular in some way. Like, he's yeah. too smart, he's too something, because if you have that superpower, you know how long it lasts. You use that shit. Absolutely. And Hill has no idea. And West sneaks up behind him, once again making no noise in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I so said, it's strange turn of events where he goes from having this, uh, this, like I so said, this, this connection, this mind control connection with, with West, to going to looking at a slide of, a, what was the, the dead cat tissue? Oh, yeah. Just yeah, being yeah. utterly fascinated, you know, like, uh, doing his. And his I mean, thing. I've gotten into things before, yeah. but I'm blaming the basement. But yeah, I was like, uh, you know, that, this is that creep basement city is, basement. Yeah, this this basement. There's no way it's, it's that soundproof that you can't hear a dude sneaking up behind you with a shovel. And it, well, there, <laughs> so he gets decapitated with a shovel, yep. as we mentioned earlier. Well, I, you know, I, the, and one then thing West I like, is doing his thing. Yeah, the one thing I like leading up to him getting hit upside the head with that shovel is the fact that you know he's he's being like very glorious in the fact that I'm going to become famous in a whap. You know, right? Yeah, you know, right. he doesn't know how famous he's about to become. He's dead. He's in yep. a couple pieces. Oh yeah, which is one of the best parts in the movie because West has to try to k- figure out how to keep his head upright in the tray. Yeah, exactly. Which, uh, which also for me, th- looking at that that uh, that scene, I'm thinking, you know, who who keeps this? I mean, I understand he takes notes, but uh, that's not something I'd associate with with a uh, right the a receipt scientist. thingy. Yeah. Like, that's, like, that's, that's all I've ever seen those diner. things used for. Yeah. yeah. I mean, fucking pop the receipts that's on I'm thinking, I was like, well, you know what? They, shit, that came in hand for him at that right, time. Right, which, by the way, you're not going to see that shit anymore these days. No. A fucking spike just out in the middle of nowhere. No, which, I, you know, if, uh, if, if you're getting into filmmaking, that might be something, uh, a prop that you might want to consider. So he... Yeah, plops the head. And so, in his little jar, starts injecting his shit. He's doing his stuff. It's one of my only little faults in the movie. Yeah. Uh, as obsessed he is as he is in the rest of the movie with making sure he's documenting all this shit. Absolutely. He doesn't start taking notes till after. He doesn't go grab his point. cassette player. He doesn't do anything else. It's really nitpicky, I know, but it really jumped out but, at me. You know, because... that's a good point because he's, he is very uh, precise in his work and his measures. And especially because this is his first time trying something new, yeah. which is things in pieces. Yeah, you would think that, that you would take better notation of, of your work in progress, especially something of that note. Right. Like I said, nitpicky. Yeah, it, it is nitpicky. I mean, but, it plays. But, but you're right. I mean, it's still something that, you know, that is noticeable. Injects his shit. 
fucking popping dude on the head. Yep. Comes back to life. He's even watching over his shoulder something. He knows that yeah. that body might come back to life. They, they show him looking for it a couple times. Yeah, he's he's aware that, you know, that he injected that body. It, it has that, that likelihood of popping up. And then that basement just swallows the sound again. That body yep. gets up. The abyss. Right. Jumps west. Yeah, you know, and same thing. He asked him, you know, what did he ask him? How does he feel? And uh, I can't remember exact words, so don't, don't quote me verbatim, but uh, he's like, you bastard. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. You fucking, yep. Pops wow. him. Don't know why I didn't just kill him then. Yeah, I mean, he had ample opportunity. You know, and yeah, and then after that, he winds up jacking all his his papers. Jacks his shit. Yeah, got got all the serum except you know. for the stuff he had upstairs. Yeah, except you know, because he's got everybody's got a secret stash. Right, right, you know, regardless. Right. Uh, you, but, you know, you know, you know. But could have just killed him then. Yeah, absolutely. He had ample opportunity, especially after you get beheaded. I mean, come on, that's that's the least he could have done. Right, and even. He, we find out he has ways of making you a slave anyway. So, yeah. So, you know. Kill him, bring him back, because you're jacking all of his serum. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe he's keeping around for, he. maybe he has, you know, other, other. Uh, anyway, that would have made for a boring movie anyway. Yeah, I think it would have gone, yeah. Kane should have died, because he got fucking whapped. Yeah, he got whacked hard. Uh, I think, if I, I would have suffered a blow jumped, like that. Though. Nah. You know, but, but for somebody who took a head blow like that, he, he jumped up pretty damn quick. Anyway, we get to the end. Shit happens, right? Yeah, I mean, all kinds of wild shit happens. Uh, they they end. Oh uh, well, uh, yeah. Hill goes back. He's in the morgue. Um, he gets his army of uh, dead bodies together, which that was just the collection of the most plain people naked. Yeah, yeah it's like uh, we even talked about some of the uh, the, the extras. <laughs> you know, it's like damn, there's some there's some. There's some, there's some critters uh, amongst that film. Right. They're, oh, my God. I mean, really from the get-go, though, because the the first, I mean, they're all corpses. It's, it makes yeah, sense. Exactly. But I think you mentioned that that first guy they brought back yeah. is somebody. Yeah. Um, another little side note. Uh, cool piece of trivia I found out that I didn't know this up to this point either is um, the first uh, guy they bring back, uh, reanimate uh, in the morgue, uh, the guy that's on on the dissecting table that they're willing in or they're willing right. out at this point. He's just fucking cut. Yeah, this guy, you know, he's Jack Diesel, um, and they're looking for a perfect specimen. So they found him. Definitely found him in this guy. You know, right. even in even in his rest, he's you know he's cut. Um, but the point with that is is that we found out that he uh, his name. Let's see, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a look because I got the notes here. Is uh, his name is Peter Kent. Uh, he was a stunt double. For Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is what we're talking about with Linda Hamilton, uh, Hamilton ties back right. to it, was that he was a uh, stunt double for Schwarzenegger from uh, starting with the movie The Terminator all the way up uh, to the movie Jingle All the Way. So he he had a 13 film run being uh, Schwarzenegger's That's pretty good. Yeah, stunt double. I mean, why not? You know, uh, I think he he might have been improving a little bit during some of his his chokeout scenes with Hansley. So. Right. Yeah. You know, I. You're looking up the name reminded me. And this is going to be a big jump from what we were just That's on. Okay. I like it. But first off, that first dot, the, the dude whose eyes explode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I His name's Hans Gruber. Yeah. Now, I just imagine Alan Rickman. In yeah, that. how can you not? How can you not? Yeah. Or I think that West brought him back to life. And now he's Rickman, and it's ah, an undead zombie that's taking over be. the Nakatomi Tower. You know what? That might be that might be an arc we don't know about. Which means he might still be alive after falling off. Very well could be. Yeah, considering the facts that he is reanimated. Right. He's a first dead. Right, right, right. He's first dead. <laughs> well, he might... 
that that fall might have killed him again. Uh, yes, but yeah, I would because well, they did yeah. kill the cat with Bitos. Yeah, just slinging it up against the wall. I could see. Yeah, he could be secondary. He, he, yeah, he might need some more reagent. Yeah, and then in that same scene, oh, the yeah. nurse. Yes, uh, which which you spotted in the uh, the opening credits. Great right. name. Her real name is Bunny Summers. Bunny Summers. One of the most strippery names. Yeah. And uh, But no, you do not. No, I that's mean, not somebody I'd be uh, making it rain on. Definitely I not. I mean, no offense. I mean, no. I'm... Like I said, she could be your auntie. You could, she could be, you know, your your older sister. Yeah, that's the point. I just don't want to see my aunt naked. No, 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 no. That's, uh, we're watching a, a movie that's depraved enough. We don't need to be seeing Bunny doing that. Right. At least and I then don't. I believe this, the next naked person you see after that is like seeing your aunt naked. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, good point. Um, which which is something I, I was reading about is when Dan is trying to resuscitate um, a victim uh, in the in the the, the hospital, uh, the lady playing that scene, um, she was a dildo enthusiast. So uh, for her, she liked to prank people, and she'd put uh, dildos in the fake uh, bodies in the morgue. So uh, it gives a whole new meaning to the word, you know, finding a stiff right. in the morgue. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's. Great names and uh, fun bits of trivia finding about dildos and bunny summers. Which sound like they go together perfectly. You know, which I'm pretty sure marriage. I watched a video the other night for three minutes that yeah. involved dildos and bunny summers. Which I could definitely see that. Um, right. You know, why not? It's like a perfect stage name and dildos serve a purpose, so why not? Right. The marriage of the two. Anyway, so we'll pop back to the oh, end because yeah. we got there. So then we have a bunch of naked people who were all the, the dead people. Yeah, definitely. You get your eye fill uh, full of naked people. So, you know, just just fair warning. You're going to see some naked peoples. But what I appreciated was they didn't... It seems to me there's kind of like a standard like zombie template. Yeah. Uh, but these motherfuckers just... They didn't look like that. No, you know, um, which which is a great point because uh, it's another thing we talked about. I think you brought up was the fact that um, that they used uh, coloring as far as like the the makeup, they they wanted to go with actually how a body looks like when it bruises or you know blood flow cuts off or maybe like it clots in certain areas. And I think they they fully encompassed that with these bodies because that that is something that is pronounced, but um, it doesn't like I said it it gives it a, a really cool feel. I think for the for those undead, right. And I think it was like Cook County Morgue or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's in, it was in the special thanks. We even saw it at the end. You Absolutely. can go. I think it's the last thing that's that's mentioned in the special thanks. They went right. to that morgue. They they did their research. Yeah. It looks good. It, no, it they, doesn't they look like your standard zombie. Yeah. Exactly. But also not like your standard zombie. What the fuck? So an overdose causes a rip in dimensions? I know, right? Oh, yeah. Good point. Where did that come from? What the hell? What happened to Wes? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that's something I'm thinking, like, all right, you see the, the body explode and here comes the entrails, you which know, whatever, yeah, like, you know. we've seen, we've watched enough of these horror movies that oh, sometimes yeah. this should just happen. It happens. I mean, you know, expect the unexpected. I mean, that's what you're going to get. Right. Uh, but yeah, then, then uh, on the flip side, like I said, I didn't expect it to, to open up a whole nother like realm like oh what? which i mean that's just what i'm assuming but there was like light emanating yeah and yeah exactly i guess the smoke was from the chemicals but you know and it kind of i think another maybe ode that i think of when i think of uh films like that or maybe like scenes like that is uh what is it um uh, the beyond and the shining and stuff like that where you see like this panning out right this, yeah kind of like it had that effect like where especially when uh the dean was getting dragged away after helping out megan and dan 
Uh, he gets oh, shredded. Right. You kind of see that too, almost like he's going into the light. But where, what is that light? Yeah, that's a good explained. point. But also, on that note, a lot of the action overall and a lot of the camera, other than these couple scenes, yeah. is really reminiscent of Evil Dead. Absolutely. You know, and um, and what, really, if you like Evil Dead, you should probably watch this uh, movie. I would say, yeah, definitely. Um, this is going to be right up your Like I said, regardless of which two you start with, you can definitely see... Well, you know, I would actually say start with Evil Dead, so that way you'd at least have a reference when you go and watch Reanimator. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, d- you can definitely see those, those shots. I think... Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. less Dutch tilt, yeah. less of the quick cuts, but yeah. it's all there. I mean, exactly. Especially yeah. when you have like any of the motherfuckers falling downstairs. It yeah, looks yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know that's something we talked about too. Is is like you know when when Dan's going down at the basement, he's he's shoulder charging it, and then he fucking you know he's he's stumbling all the way down the stairs. Like, what you know, calm down, Spaz. Uh, right. You know, but but I think like so that odes right back to to those Evil Dead. So yeah, I mean, like so if you like those films, you can definitely see how. One's influenced by the other. Yeah. But then, I mean, Herbert West dies, which yeah. also accurate to the short story. Absolutely. You know, and um, that too, which, which I, you know, uh, which definitely helps reading those stories is knowing the fact that right after that, you know, that's when, when Dan starts to kind of go into his sort of his, his own demise, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, with Megan, which, you know, leads up to that next scene. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, very poignant scene in that film because that's that is that's the end of Dr. Herbert West at that point. Now I like how you bring up Dan's demise because yeah. I, as we both think that they both should have been bigger, we both agree that Dan was the more stiff. Oh yeah, absolutely. But where he showed his chops was every time he was fucking breaking down because yeah. he breaks down a couple times. Oh throughout the yeah, movie. you can definitely see like uh, certain points in the film where this is really taking its toll on him, and, and he encompasses that too. You know, he doesn't. He's not um, he's not oversailing it. He's he's given right. just enough. It's everything else where he's just kind of oh well you know you can see where like I said his uh, uh, his stage credits come to play like I said his his dramatic scenes and right whatnot. so yeah definitely I don't know I I mean I guess never I don't know why I'm saying Herbert West dies we don't know he got well, dragged yeah. to another dimension exactly we we would assume right but we don't know. Right, which I mean, Island of Doctor West. Exactly, which something we talked about, which would be perfect. And now I'm hoping it happens. Like yeah. it's probably never going to. Now I'm hoping it happens. Yeah, like I said, we one could hope. Um, yeah, considering like I said, all these these reboots of old franchises and whatnot, there's there's, there's still a chance. I don't know. I think the the only other scene that I really think of that jumps out at me that might be one of my favorite horror scene moments now, and it's not even one of the scary moments. Yeah. But is any time West and Hill are going back and forth before the shit goes down. Yeah. When they first meet, when he's calling him out. Yeah. Fucking calling him a plagiarist. Yeah. And then in the classroom. Absolutely. Uh, Those, I think, like you said, that's critical moments. But you can see, uh, you can see that character development between both of them happening right before our eyes. Yeah. I think those, those are perfect uh, scenes of the movie. Absolutely. Uh, other than that, I mean, that's that's all the stuff that really jumped out at me. I don't know what else you might. Yeah, have. I, I would say, um, you know, trying not to forget this too is like in the uh, the right after the opening scene um, with with Herbert West and, and Hans Gruber. You know, he <laughs> yeah, you know, you see him falling off the Octavian Tower. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, he he kind of sets the tone too in the music throughout the whole movie. I, I you know, oh, you definitely you have to give a vote to that. It was pretty, yeah. Even, but it, it was, was it's just a, it was a good horror. It score. was um, definitely a great score, and I felt like the, in the scenes where where you have that score, 
you definitely felt the drama or maybe the tension that's leading up either into that part or what's going to happen next. Like I, like I said, growing up watching that, um, I think a lot of the musical scores gave me that tension it's because I knew something was going on. You know, it's, it's kind of tipping your hat at that point, but yeah, perfect. And you know, uh, they definitely worked with what they had. Yep. They, uh, they did a really good job. I mean, let's be real. Yeah. It feels like okay. an 80s movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, there's there's always that sort of... You know you know you're watching an 80s film. I don't uh, know how definitely. to describe it, but... No, it has a certain feel. There's well, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like when you're exactly. watching it. Everything just seems somehow harder yep. and less real than now. Everything yeah. seems kind of like a set, even when they're not using sets. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's, that's like I said, that's kind of like watching it epic in that time period and then going back like so what we're doing now but, 30 plus years later and watching right it, yeah. but the score really helped Absolutely. enhance that all and yeah. helped cover up some of the weird shit well yeah because definitely. there is at least one moment where we get to see the set move oh yeah which is you know it's it's funny because you don't it's not something that i would think about uh watching it without knowing that that tidbit um, but, but before before we delve in that real quick, I was going to say what the music, or at least the score is, oh. is right at like so right after um, Bunny Summers, her character, and you know the officials come in, and uh, he tells them that you know he didn't kill him, he, he gave him life. But then the opening credits start, and uh, that's Which were all, great. Those are perfect. That's something that those stick in my mind too. Is is the opening credits in films, but they gave uh, an homage to two Alfred Hitchcock's. Uh, films, uh, one being Psycho, which I think a lot of that music gives you that that pace, that tension. I agree. Like Psycho. Oh, it was, yeah, it was, the music was very Psycho-ish, now that yeah. you say that. And, um, and the sequence itself is something like, similar to the, to the film Vertigo with Jimmy Stewart, where you ha- you kind of have this these weird, uh, almost kind of like these pannings of different figures coming in and out of focus. Right. Um, which, you know, which also leads to that kind of tension. But yeah, I think that kind of set the tone for the rest of the film. Like you knew what, what you were getting into at that point. Like, um, okay, now I'm going to get myself to a fucked up movie. But let's see where it goes. Right. Yeah, that's going to be a good time. Yeah. Somebody's eyes exploded, and now they're giving me trippy yeah. anatomical drawings. And... Exactly. I think I think as a, as a horror film enthusiast, if I see that not knowing what the film is, I'm like, okay, okay I'm going to stick it out and see where it's going to yeah, go. Yeah, this from is going to be good. Yeah, because maybe not good. It's going to be inter- It's going to be. Something. It's going to be entertaining if nothing yeah. else. Yeah. It's not going to fall flat. They're doing something here. Yeah, they're keeping my attention. Right. Definitely. But there are the mistakes that fell through. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, when the orderlies go in to get to the, the one dead Doctor yeah. Halsey or Dean Halsey. Yeah. When they when they go in to to kind of uh, calm them down, so to speak. The you one dead. See, yeah, the one dead. Uh, we see a flaw in the set design. Oh, um, watch for it. You it's definitely great. can see. It. I think leading right up into the orderlies going in is when um, Doctor Hill slams the door, and you can see the wobble a little bit in the wall with the uh, with the window. But then one of the orderlies does hit. Oh it, yeah, definitely. And walls don't move that much. No, 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 no. Like so even if it was made out of uh, cheap material, you know, you're not going to see that wobble like no, they had. No, it. no. That- that wobbles quite a bit. Watch for the wobble. I never noticed it. No, uh, another thing too that uh, I that I didn't mention when we were watching is there's one other thing is um, in the basement scene with uh, with Kane and Herbert West with the cat Rufus the cat um, is that you can see the boom mic and um, oh. the, yeah like you can see in the shadowing when the when the lights kind of swing and you can see a little bit of that 
shadowing into play. So oh, I'm definitely watching. Yeah, that's something that. they didn't catch during yeah their post edit. So something else to look out for. But you know those those are fun because uh, there's a lot of time I watch films, not even notice that upon first view, and then you know read a bit, little bit about trivia, and like oh shit. Well, and then there was also a misspelling. Yeah, definitely. Which now that I know about it. I mean, I'm a big Lovecraft fan. Kind of, kind of gets at me. I, I, somebody yeah. misspelled Miskatonic. You know, some somebody got away with a good one there. I mean, uh, unfortunately, with an E. There's no E in Miskatonic. No. no. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something that that if you pay attention to, you will see. Um, I can't remember the precise. I know it's it's. Uh, I think he's getting some of the the serum out. Yeah, it's on a bottle. Yeah, uh, the bottle's pretty prominent for a few seconds. Yeah, you can I mean, you easily read see it. it. You definitely know it's it's prominent. But, I mean, it's spelled right everywhere else. Exactly. You and would I'm think wondering, there would be... I really wonder if somebody could come up with a conjoined universe theory, because yeah. I'm sure I'm sure Miskatonic U comes up in other movies. It has to, as yes. far as I'm concerned, because there's way too many things that are influenced by Lovecraft. I would think so as well. I mean... But, you know, that might that might lead into the whole uh, the island of Dr. West. Uh, right. You know? Could but, be, I mean, I, I'm I thinking one more the... The unintended conjoined universe uh, okay. things uh, like uh, the unified gotcha. TV theory, gotcha. where most TV is taking place in the uh, the Saint Elmo's Fire kids' head. Yeah, because of how many different crossovers that different shows have done, which means they all <laughs> take place in the same universe. Well, there you go. You know, yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it's um, like I said, there's there's a lot of cool little like I said, little side note, little side trivia. Yeah, basically, definitely. and also, I mean, once again, that's just a warning. You're going to hear us at some point have to mention Lovecraft again. Yeah, we're going to have so. to mention um, some of these actors again. You know, because uh, a lot of these things just cross over and have been used. Absolutely. I mean, the actors, a lot of actors, end up getting kind of pigeonholed in the horror genre. So we yeah, see that I, time and time. Again. I do see that. There's there's few exceptions where they break out, but that's very, very, very seldom. Um, it's almost you have to have a really pretty face or something of that nature. Yeah. Right. And there are certain inspirations that pop up time yeah. and time again. Absolutely. Uh, uh, one of the more mainstream examples, because Evil Dead is a little bit more known, yeah. is even the Necronomicon comes from Lovecraft. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a uh, perfect parallel, uh, cross-parallel between the two films we had mentioned earlier uh, with some of the sh- you know the, the shooting of the filming. But uh, it's another one that's a little bit more concrete, a little bit more tangible, so to speak. Right. And, I mean, I am... I'm a huge Lovecraft nerd, but this isn't because of that. We're yeah. just going to have to bring it up. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, exactly. And we're going to run into other things like that as we run into these, well, see, that's, go through these that's other the movies, and it's going to be being, fun. Yeah, it's like I said, it's a beauty of, a, of us just taking uh, fruition is that we, we've got our start, and then we're going to start seeing how all these things connect, and that's the beauty of it. It's right. Gonna be fun. It's it's all here. It's all for you. Well, it's not going to all be for you. We're going to get some crazy shit. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, we're, we're I, you know, for me, I think this is, a, like I said, a good film to start off with because it's, it's one that, um, that you can definitely view it and not, uh, well, I'll put it this way. Um, I can definitely sleep at night after watching this film and not feel like I've watched something that's going to keep me up and, you know, make me feel frightened or anything like that. So. Right. There's screwed up parts, but there, there's nothing yeah, that's... Nah. It's not extremely campy, but no. it's it's there. It's like, comedy. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's um, for me. I think of like maybe Sam Raimi stuff too, like you said with mm-hmm. um, uh, Drag Me to Hell. Like I, when I think of dark humor, I think of parts in films where it's it, it's there are certain serious scenes that are not funny, but they throw in odd bits of comedy, like a like a you know, maybe a quip or a snarky reply or Hill's body bumbling around. Yeah, because exactly. Because that was fantastic. I thought that. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 funny. 
like I said, but it's not to the point where it's, it's too campy, you know, because it serves its purpose. It's funny. Like we were talking about, there's a guy inside that that that's just got stumbling around. But what you don't think about it in that context. You just think, oh, that's Hill's body aimlessly wandering around. So, yeah, you're right. It's a good start. Yeah. I like it. I think... Uh, solid I think film. Solid film. I, I highly recommend. Once again, yeah. we, we threw out why. If, if you don't like certain things, don't get at it. But if yeah. you've made it this far... Exactly, like I said, exactly. Like if if you've seen the film, then you then you know what we're talking about. If not, I'd say, um, depending on your taste, if if you don't like movies that have blood and gore and, and you know nudity, things like that, stuff that'll give you the creepies. And uh, that's the thing. As far as eighties movies go, yeah, it wasn't necessarily nudity for the sake of nudity, no, which no, no. we're going to run into. Absolutely, I mean, it's it's a part of the horror genre, you know. Right. This was. They're dead bodies in a morgue. Yeah, exactly. So it it's ta- like I said, I would say it's tasteful, maybe up to the scene with with Hill, uh, you right. know, you know, kind of doing his thing with with Megan in the film. And even in the unrated cut, that yeah. never really completely gets to fruition. He exactly. tries though; he goes for it. Oh yeah, no, you know, West... and then and then West ninjas in. Because yeah, he, you know, he this one he, was in the basement. He definitely cockblocks him. You know, that's what he did. But you know, but he he did it in uh, in a way which served his purpose because it was getting super creepy up to that point. Watch it, I say. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, definitely watch it. Um, like I said, it's definitely one. I'd say I, I'd see at least once, maybe twice a year. Definitely, uh, like I said, the nostalgic factor is there. It's one that uh, I wouldn't watch every week or every month, but yeah, like I said, once or twice a year, it's definitely it keeps its value. At this point, value. I'm going to have to rewatch it at least one more time soon to try to catch that boom, Mike. Because yes, really yeah, and that's it. that's the fun thing too is like we get to go back, we read all these cool little tidbits, and like, oh, well, let me, yeah, exactly, let me go back and see these. Because, like I said, being a film enthusiast, it gives you maybe more of a connection to the film that you didn't right. have before as well. But I think that's going to be it for this first episode yeah. of Fried Squirms. Uh, like I said before, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Like I enjoyed um, it. Yeah. At some point, we're probably going to have some sort of contact information or Facebook or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, at this point, we don't. We have a theme song if you're listening to this, but we don't have one right now. Exactly. So either I'll cut that in later or I'll hear it on a later yeah, episode. It's in the but it'll be there. It'll be somewhere where you can see it. Absolutely. All of you have a great time.